Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. Can you imagine the front page of the Manchester Evening News? That's really our main paper for Manchester. Uh, Can you imagine on the front page of the Manchester Evening News the headlines that would say this? He was raised up for the purpose of showing that the age of miracles is not past. So that would be on the front of the Manchester Evening News. This would be quite remarkable in 2022, wouldn't it? Yet in March 1898, that is exactly what happened. A man called George Muller was um, passed away, and on the front cover of the Bristol Times, that was the headlines. He was raised up for the purpose of showing that the age of miracles is not past. And so on that day of his funeral, this is Bristol in 1898 in March when he died, the entire city of Bristol stopped and paid tribute to this man of God. Why was he famous? Well, not about himself he wasn't. He was actually well known because he walked and he talked with God and he loved the poor. He was an incredible man. And I'll be bringing a little bit in about George Muller to help us as we go along. So if you'd like to put up Matthew 7 or go to Matthew 7, if you've got your Bibles or on your phones, Matthew 7 verses 7 to 11, okay? A well-known verse, I'm sure you all know this. Let's read it together. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives... The one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will you give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will you give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? And if you've really read especially verse 7, if you've really read that verse, you'll see that these are definite responses from Jesus about the Father, that he will, he will, he will open the door, he will give you what you ask for. Now, this is incredible. It's as if we have, when we belong to God, when we give our lives to God, it's as if we have incredible access to him, incredible permission to ask of the Father, and he will give us these things. If we ask, if we seek, and if we knock. So I'm going to break this talk down to three Fs, okay? Three Fs, which will be faith, focus, and follow-up, okay? So faith, focus, and follow-up. So let's dive straight in. Faith, okay? Now, I've been amazed to watch uh, Victoria's sister, Alex, uh, as she and her husband, Graham, have adopted a little boy. And it's been incredible to see how that little boy has been so loved. Uh, I mean, 
I didn't know much about adoption before this. Obviously, we know about adoption, but actually to see it happening is an incredible blessing. So the way that uh, this little boy was taken into the home and they have loved him so deeply. I mean, it's obvious, isn't it? But the care, the full acceptance of that little boy as if he was theirs and he is theirs. He is just as much as if he was actually from their own bodies. He is their little boy. And yet adoption, what an amazing thing it is, was actually created in God first. Okay, so Ephesians 1 verses 4 and 5, due to age, I'm going to have to go to the glasses. <laughs> verses 4 and 5 say these, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. And in love, he predestined us to be adopted as his son's through Jesus Christ, in his accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace. Don't you love those words? With with his pleasure and will. So it was his joy to adopt us as his sons and daughters. That's great. His pleasure. And this is the basis for our faith, okay, in prayer. That we can go to our Father in full assurance and faith and I wonder whether we do you know when I when my daughter comes around my house and she did do the other day she's actually got her own key which is frightening Uh, I mean she's 26 uh, but she lets herself in I mean it's remarkable but then not only does she let herself in but she goes straight for the cupboards and she knows where my chocolate's hidden my crisps are hidden and she has the audacity to open up the cupboards and just start rifling through, picking the best bits. And, and I, I start to go into panic. If I'm in, I start to go into panic mode, thinking, where's, where's the twirls? Where, where's this? Where's that? Have I hidden it well enough? But yet, in herself, she's thinking, I've got every right to do this. And she has, which is remarkable, because she's mine. Now, this is actually true in the kingdom. This is what Jesus says. This is why in those that first... Verse 7, it says, ask, knock, seek, because we can. I wonder whether we have been that bold or whether we know we can be that bold with God, whether he is, and he is, he's wanting to encourage us. Listen, you have, I mean, Hebrews talks about this, you have great access to the Father. Ask of him and he will give. Now, all sorts of questions come up and say, well, I've asked before and he's not given me what I wanted, so I gave up. And we're going to look at those things. See, you might not feel that this fact is true. Maybe you had a father like I did who was distant, disinterested, busy doing something else, wasn't really uh, caring about his children. But I want to tell you, and if you read the Bible for yourself, read about the father, especially in John, because he loves his children. He is the perfect father. Your experience may be poor, but I want to encourage you to seek the father today. Jesus says, if you're his, you are a fully accepted son or daughter, and you can ask of the father and he will give. You can now know him and what he loves and what grieves him, and we can draw close. You see, I love it when my two daughters 
as old as they are, and they're pretty old now, <laughs> uh, they, they come to me and they know what I like. You know, when it's birthday time, even though the presents are pretty poor, they get me, but they know, they, they know what, what I like, you know. I mean, you know, certain types of socks are good, but they know really, if they, if they really thought about it, they know what I want because they know my heart. And we can be like that with God our Father. By reading his word and pray, praying to him, we can start to get to know what he loves. Isn't that amazing that we can know the God of creation as well as that? See, and this, to go back to, my, to the original uh, to man I'm talking about, George Muller, he became a believer at 20 after quite a, um, uh, an interesting early life of actually he went to prison for a short period of time. But at the age of 20, this man was transformed. And he gradually got to know the Father's heart. He's God's love for the poor. He said, he, reading it from the Bible, but also in prayer, he recognized God's heart for the poor. Now, in those days, in the mid to late 1800s, cholera, was, which is a terrible, uh, terrible disease, was sweeping through major cities in this country and especially in Bristol. So it was decimating families. Parents were dying and leaving children as orphans. Now, God knew this was coming. This is the mystery of God's providence, is that he knew this was coming and wanted to raise up someone who would rescue these, these precious children. And he put his finger on George Muller to do that very job. Now, there are jobs to do in this world, you know, and there's jobs to do in this city. And I, I, I'm sure you watch the news, but we are heading as a country into a very, very, very difficult time ahead. Now, it's areas like this which are not um, as well looked after, say, as the centre of London, that will suffer the most. Now, God, what God will want to do is to raise up certain people who he can use to bless those who are really suffering. Now, maybe you're doing that already. I know some of you are. But he will raise up more of you to, to seek and to help the poor and those who suffer when there's great times of crisis. I wonder if you're ready today. If you're a child of his, we need to be ready, don't we? And it needs to be someone of faith, like George Muller was. But that faith wasn't just thrown at him and he suddenly was a man of faith. His faith came over many, many, many years. But he was someone who walked with God. He, he started to understand how to walk with God. Put your hands up if you want to walk closely with God. Most of you, that's great. So, Graham, I keep calling him Graham. It's because of our Graham. It's George. George Muller knew what his father desired. And so with no resources at all, now I would really recommend you, and you've all got mobile phones, I'm sure, go on to, um, well, just search on Google, Answers to Prayer by George Muller. You don't do it now. Answers to Prayer by George Muller. And you can download a free PDF of a book. I, I read it this week, just speed read it. My goodness, it fills you with faith. That's what happens. It fills you with faith. And you just think, God, you can do anything with a man or woman who believes you. I mean, that's remarkable. And you may say, well, he was an anointed man. He was a special man raised up for a purpose. But he, in his own words from that book, says, no, I simply believe God and simply believed what it said about me in the Bible. And that's what we need to do. 
So he went on to rescue over 2,000 orphans. Read that book, I'm telling you, it'll bless you, because what he does is he starts one orphanage, that gets to overflowing, and then he needs to start another, but he's got no money, so he, he just simply prays, and a check comes through the door, or he goes for a walk, and someone says, I really feel I should give you this check. Now, they're handing over checks for £5,000. I mean, it's remarkable. That's in today's money. And then more money comes out of the other. It just comes out of every area just because he prays and he knows what his God wants to do, what the Father wants to do by blessing the poor. He took those orphans, he taught them, he trained them, and he transformed their lives. Remarkable. And there was an uproar in the mills because these children, they wanted these children to go down, well, work in the mills and go down into the mines to work for business. And George Muller was taking them and teaching them properly and transforming their lives. It's remarkable. When he died, over a hundred million pounds in today's money had gone through his hands to bless the city of Bristol. Isn't that remarkable? What if each one of us did something like that? Can you imagine? We're not all called to work such as that, but even the little things, if we got hold of God, what would God do in this town and in this, this city? God does not have favourites, you know? I used to think that. I used to think, oh, well, that person is so anointed. He must be one of God's favourites. But he doesn't. God doesn't have favourites. He has intimates. He has those who are walking close, who have chosen to walk close to him. So are we getting to know this father, this good father, one who will never leave us or forsake us? So I would encourage you to read about him. I would encourage you to pray to him. Uh, And when we get to know his heart, as I say, we will ask of him and he will give. So that's faith. That's where faith comes. And this is so important because faith causes us to walk and to talk with God. And secondly, focus Okay, so the first is faith. The second is focus. Now, focus, you could, or or to seek. So the first would be ask, and then next, seek. So to seek, what is to seek God? Well, I would say it was to purposely orient yourself to God and pursue him. Okay, so you can, if you've been watching the Commonwealth Games, which I have, it's been absolutely amazing. Some of those running athletics races have been incredible. People have been on the, on the long races, especially the marathons. You know, to, to cut down on the wind, they will stick right behind somebody and just focus on that person ahead and use them as a pacemaker. Absolutely incredible. And this is what God is saying for us to do. Seek him, orient yourself to him, and pursue him. This is his desire for us. And as I say, when I, I love it when my, child, my children love me for me and not for maybe what the, uh, the chocolate I can give them. But they love me for me. And I, and I see in my children how well they know me and they, they remind me of things when they, they were little. And I think, oh, those were just incredible days and how well we know each other. And this is exactly what God wants for all of us, to know him intimately and to start to focus on him. Are we captivated by his love? See, when our hearts become one, we start to desire the same things. Jesus speaks about this. He says, seek first the kingdom of God, and everything else will be added 
to you. What does that mean? So place God first, focus on him, and don't worry about anything else because that will just automatically come when you focus on it. And you never hear Jesus saying panic or worry about anything. He's saying, no, 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 don't do that. Just focus on me and everything else will go well. Isn't it remarkable? So our, our needs fade in that situation. We become occupied with him. We go from macro, so we're looking at everything like our jobs and everything to do with life, and suddenly go to micro where we're focused on God and the things of God. We focus on his heart. George Muller would regularly, regularly in that book, he would regularly run out the necessities needed. To, can you imagine? Even when he had 400 children. Can you imagine feeding 400 children? Can you imagine the job of the staff? And the staff needed care too. Can you imagine running such an orphanage or orphanages? He had seven at one point. And he would regularly run out of the necessities. And so he would teach his children to pray, and he would pray with them. And they would, he'd say, don't panic, even though we don't have anything at the moment, even though we, we could close tomorrow. We're not going to do because this is God's work, okay? Isn't that great? What a great thing. So what happened one day, which is a great thing, is that they had no, uh, they had no bread and they had no milk. Um, so George Muller, say he was standing in front of, of all of his children here, and he said, okay, we're going to give thanks to the food, but there was no food. I'm sure you might know this story. There was no food, so the children might have been, I don't know, might have been thinking, well, it's very good to pray and to give thanks for something, but there is no, there is nothing <laughs> in front of us. So what we're we giving thanks for? But George Muller, in, in, as he used his faith, said, well, Lord, we give you thanks for this food. In Jesus' name, amen. And there was a knock on the door, and suddenly the baker, the local baker came in with absolutely tons of bread. And George Muller said, well, what's, why did you bring this? He said, well, God woke me up in the night, told me to bake loads of bread for you and to bring it to you. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that great? Uh, and then they didn't have any milk. Uh, and the milk, they wouldn't call it a milk float in those days. Maybe it was horse-drawn horse -drawn milk float. Um, but, uh, well, it can't have been because it broke down. You don't get horses that break down, do you? Maybe it did. It became, became lame. Um, either way, outside of the uh, orphanage, the milk float broke down, Okay. So he couldn't deliver his milk, so he thought, well, I may as well give all my milk to the orphanage. And so, knock, 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 tons of milk. And then suddenly, there they were, eating and drinking, thanking God for such a wonderful miracle. Isn't that great? If you had that in your life at all, or maybe with, we're, we're well, um, you know, we've got enough money and we don't really need God. But I've seen it in my life too, and there's been times of, of real trouble, and I've seen God do amazing things. Even in this time of trouble with our health in our family, someone posted through a check. I mean, I didn't even know who that was. I didn't even, I still to this day don't know who it was. It was just incredible, isn't it? The kingdom of God is incredible. So each time faith would grow with George Muller in, in his orphanage, and as they focus more and more on the Father, more and more miracles would happen, so much so that George Muller would just fully expect. He would not be concerned about anything. Can you imagine us living like that, unconcerned about daily life, 
but totally reliant on the Holy Spirit, fully assured that God would supply our every need according to his riches in glory. So if there was a delay uh, in finance or in, in something in his life, he would seek the Father and say, well, why is this delay? Now I remember, as many of you do remember, this very building, and some of you won't know the miracle that this building was, but some of you remember you've been part of the whole journey. So we saw a patch, or Victoria did, she looked across at this land, and if you want to put that picture up of the original, that's it, yeah. So this, this is what it used to look like. So this, this building here was full of pigeons and rats. I mean, it was a very nice-looking building from the outside, and originally when it was built, I'm sure it was beautiful, but it had been left for far too long. Water was coming in. It was actually starting to fall down, and it was like that for so long. And Victoria, one time coming out of church, looked at it, and thought, there's something about that land that God wants to do. And the person with her said, look, stop being so stupid. <laughs> that, was, that was that person's response. But Vic just kept it in her heart and continued to pray on it. And then in 2001, Oasis began to uh, do a great ministry in another building down that way, at the other side of, uh, of Gorton. Uh, and then in 2005, uh, God really awoke Victoria's heart again that he would provide this land for a pound from the, from the council. For a pound. I mean, it's incredible, isn't it? What God does, it's like he's got an amazing sense of humor. But what I think what he does is he tries to initiate our faith. Will you believe me for such crazy stuff like he did with George Muller? And there were incredible delays and there was disputes about that land. Uh, and the, the team eventually decided to do a prayer walk in 2013, and some of you were part of that. And they walked seven times around that land. What a great thing, just like in, in the Bible. They, they walked seven times claiming that land for God. And God, soon after that, whispered to Victoria and said, okay, it's time to pray for a surveyor and a planner. Now, Victoria would, will, will confess that she didn't even know what a surveyor or a planner did, but God said it, so she, she started to look for one, but decided to go to the message building for, for, for a drink or, or just to go. Uh, and it was a stormy day and thinking, what on earth am I coming here for on a day like this? But as she walked in, she saw somebody who, knew, who she knew sat with them. And one of them was a surveyor and one of them was a planner. And as she started to talk to them, they started to get excited about this vision too. And they are still part of this story now. And they and their families guided this whole building through. Without an amazing team, none of this could have been done. But God raised up this person, then this person. And I was viewing from the side and praying and saying, this is remarkable. The next day she met them. Uh, yeah, by chance. And again, 2014, the council offered the land again for a pound. And in 2015, fundraising began to raise 1.2 million to, to, to get this place built. And, and again, the, the number of miracles is remarkable because then the, the council said, well, for the pound as well, you may as well have the land next door, which is where all those houses are. And that caused this money to be used for building this incredible place. It was a gathering of supporters. And in 2018, it was the money was in 
And the work began in 2020. The building was complete that you're standing in today. This is uh, a picture of God's wonderful grace, isn't it? I mean, yeah, well, why not? Why not? All the glory goes to God. There were incredible delays. There was tests. There was trials. Yet God built character and blessed people. And we saw miracles. Faith was built as we focused on him. So that's all about focus, okay? So we need to focus. But the last one is to follow up, okay? So first is faith. We need faith that we can get hold of God and realize who we are in God. The next one is focus, that we focus on him, don't be sidetracked. And last of all, we're going to talk about follow up. So in, the, in that verse in Matthew, it says, knock and the door will be opened. So the emphasis here is on perseverance. If the thing is on God's heart, you need to keep on knocking. Luke 11, 5 to 10, Jesus speaks about this. And uh, if you put that up, yeah, thanks. Says these words, Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children are here in bed. I can't get up and give, to you, give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not give, give, get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, I love that, shameless audacity, it says, I'm not going anywhere until you give me this bread. He will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So again, Jesus says, say, so I say to you, asking it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you for everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds and the one who knocks the door will be opened. So we're in a relationship. This is what Jesus says again. We're in a relationship. If there is a delay, we need to ask why. And this is about timing with our God. He has timing at all things. The timing on this building has seemed to go on forever. Even some of the most faithful people were saying, are you sure that this is going to happen? Because this has been going on for a long time. But as, as I look back in my life and in Victoria's and others, I see that God taught so much and brought so much character out of this delay that we, we call a delay. He wouldn't. He would call it was a time of building character. So we follow up and we don't forget. What I love about Deb, it's great to have Deb's, Deb's mum here. Yeah, it's all right. I was looking at you. <laughs> um, is what Deb does is during a preach, and I think some of you do it as well, is she uses a journal. I think that's so good. So you'll see Deb just writing things down as she believes God is talking to her. And then she'll go back to it six months later and see how, what God has done, how God has answered prayer. And it's so good. It's so, it builds faith. And this, this whole center has taught us to trust and to pray in a whole new way. So in our situation as a family, as you, as you know, because you've been praying and I'm so grateful to God, up to now, I've got two daughters with, 
a genetic disorder called BRAC1. And I've got an incredible granddaughter who is a miracle. I mean, literally a miracle. She has a, a rare heart condition. And I've got a wife who has gone through cancer. Uh, and we're not quite sure what the future holds. Yet, has God deserted us? Has God deserted us? Far from it. Because through those trials, through the trials of Victoria's sister as well, we have come to get to know him better. Isn't that remarkable that through trials, the things that you would say, no, thank you very much, can actually be the very things that teach us to get hold of God himself. You would never choose it, would you? None of us would, and I can look at many of you in here, and you have gone through or are going through severe trials, and you would long to be out of them. But I want to encourage you that these trials will make you more like him. They will bring character, and you will see how good he is in the darkest situations. He is so, 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 so good. Now, he's drawn as closer to him as a family. So our prayer life has changed so much so. So as I say, we used to pray for this building every single day, as you did as well. Lord, please, Lord, surely we've waited long enough for this building. We would pray, and then we'd see something happen and this and that. But our prayer life now as a family, certainly with myself and Victoria, is we're, we're praying that God would continue to do a great work of holding us together. So continue to hold our granddaughter. Continue to keep her, her heart working well. Uh, and we're totally dependent on him. I'm totally dependent that God will keep my wife from having cancer again. I'm totally dependent that my eldest daughter will do well with her genetic disorder. And it's a whole new type of prayer. And yet God is as good as he has ever been. He is a great God. See, George Muller said these words, the beginning of anxiety, put your hands up if you've ever been anxious. <laughs> we have. The beginning of anxiety is the end of faith. The beginning of faith is the end of anxiety. Isn't that great? Shall I read it to you again? The beginning of anxiety is the end of faith. But the beginning of faith is the end of anxiety. This does not mean that we're not going to go through trouble. This, what this does mean is that we can have faith and go through the trouble, even through the trouble, close to God, loving him and learning so much. So what of that newspaper that I said to you at the beginning? Who was this George Muller, you know? Was he extremely special? Well, as I said to you before, no, he wasn't. He was a man who loved God, a man of great faith, a man fixed on his father. And time and again, if you read that book, he says, please do not say that I'm a special man. He wasn't. He was just a man who loved God and walked with God and did what God told him to do. Can we, could we do that today in our jobs? Maybe in our, if we're school teachers, 
Imagine the difference we could make if we walk closely with him and listened to what he wanted, even the little intricacies, and did what he wanted us to do. That's my heart's desire, even with my job as what I do, that I might be a blessing wherever I go. And it's only, I can't do it in myself. I haven't got it. I can't cut it in myself. But when I know, when I walk with him, and I listen to him, he can do anything with us. He can do anything with you. I want to encourage you today. You might say, well, I've done such and such. That's okay. There's a blood of Jesus for that. And he will watch us and cleanse us as we give our sin to him. So George Muller focused on the father and he followed up and didn't let go of him. And we too can be as this man. I don't want to lift George Muller up as someone super holy because he wasn't. And he admits that himself. I want to ask you today, do you want to know, trust, and love God like this? Because I do. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thanks, Cheryl. That's great. What would happen to this town? What would happen to the city? What would happen in your job? What would happen in, in your family? See, there's a financial crisis coming. I don't want to panic you by that. We, if you read the paper, watch the news, there's, there's, there's trouble coming. But God is going to want to raise up men and women of God. doesn't matter how old you are. That's irrelevant. Okay? You'd have thought George Muller would have retired at 70, but he ended up traveling the world in a ship, talking in different cities and countries. God is going to raise many of us up to do particular purposes for those who are suffering and those who need Jesus. What's he saying to you today? He begins with the small things, okay, because that's where we learn. We learn in the small things, even at home, in our behavior with our wives or uh, our neighbors. That's where we learn the small things to do the big things. We can start today. Let's move to a life filled with walking and talking to our God.